Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Championship Round NFL Picks, Preview, Bets, the whole stuff. We got Astros talk later on, Oscar nominations. Full disclosure, we're recording this on a Monday for a Thursday release, so Patrick Mahomes is suspended or out for the year. We're not going to know that. Hopefully he's not, though. If you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, here's what you do. Because it's essential this time of year to leave iTunes ratings and reviews. So $100 to subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you enjoy about this show, and you will be in that draw for 100 DK bucks. Winners announced on Monday's show. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars, smash the like button for the video, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, you tell me what you think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be, and give me a spread for it too. A little bit of extra work. So if you got like Kansas City, San Francisco, who's favored? I don't know. You tell me. It's a draw. For 20 DK bucks. And if you're into the whole golf scene, fantasynational.com slash the PME or slash PME gives you 20% off at fantasynational.com. Might want to check that out. Jeff Feinberg. You look sad. Well, football season's still like going and I'm still losing bets. So here we are. Are you saying this is not how you had it all mapped out in your bracket? No, well, not even so much my bracket, but anyone that watches this show knows knows I've been like screaming uncle on football season for like six weeks. It's, it's going downhill. It's not getting better. You can These just matchups you can bother just not me. Bet it. You realize that? Oh, it's not even that. It's emotional. Like we're here, division rival versus Le Titan. Come on. All right, well, the third member of the show is behind the glass, but we don't have glass, so he's actually just sitting right behind the camera. Paul Shaughnessy at Paul Shag on Twitter, the fourth member of the team. The coin did not win the picks last week because the picks were won by Tim Andergust. Tim Andergust. That is not my name. You did the best in the picks last week. Yeah, and I think all those people who thought it was lots of fun to take a victory lap uh, about my pick of the Chiefs to win last week uh, and when they were down a bunch of points. It's interesting how they all came out of the woodwork when Kansas City got down 24 and everybody, you know, slouched inside their shell like a turtle when Kansas City came back and scored a 50-burger on them. So just want to note there is no curse. This proves there is no curse. That's just a talking point. Uh, we move forward clearing the knowledge that uh, I'm as right as often as I'm wrong. Tim's free money teasers dropped to 1-19 for the year because it was impossible for the Ravens to lose, as you were quoted on the show last week. I don't know if I said those exact words, but yeah, it's annoying. You won the other three legs of the teaser, so that was nice. You got, yeah, an, my, you got an almost my, victory. Our online gambling wasn't as successful this week, but anyway. It's funny how that works out sometimes. So I was one and three. Jeff was one and three. The coin was one and three. Tim was three and one against the spread. Uh, that leaves Jeff and I at two and six for the playoffs. Fun times. Tim back up to four and four. The coin three and five. I actually had a really good week betting, despite the fact that I went one and three ATS. Sometimes you can go like when we do the picks, you go like twelve and four against the spread, but you end up losing money because the games you have the most confidence yeah. in, you end up yeah. losing. It's all the other <laughs> games that you get right. This week, I hit San Francisco. I put out my bets on Twitter. I played a teaser for San Francisco and Seattle. That hit first touchdown, Kendrick Bourne, sixteen to one. Like 
I don't know. It was one of the better like NFL betting weeks that I've had in some time. So I'm very excited about that. Good. Not you. That Seattle game broke me. The, get the two point conversion. I'm winning a lot of yeah, money on the week. It's that, and like not even the last play with the spot, because like who gives a shit? It's fourth and an inch, and then they'd punt it or go for it. Like they weren't gonna win. Sure, they could have had a chance, but like the whole game, the refs to me were god awful. Like atrocious as atrocious as the seahawks secondary because that was pretty atrocious that was bad too and and the rogers and those guys dominated third down but like face mask it wasn't even a face mask that led to the touchdown like in the red zone like all sorts of like they're like four or five like really dumb dumb calls that all seem to go the packers way in a really close game and they well, dominated I'm sure, third I'm down. Sure Coach- Coach Carroll's not a conspiracist, so I'm sure he doesn't think that way. Did you know that jet fuel, Tim, does not melt steel refs? Yeah, but uh, anyway, that that obviously was the joke I was making. <laughs> uh, if, Malik, if Malik Turner doesn't just botch that yeah. first down, does Seattle win the game? No, but it's fun. Maybe. They're riding big mo in that game. Yeah. If they yeah. keep moving down the field, and that just the one. They shouldn't even have punted, though. They shouldn't even have punted. We'll get to punting in a second because we're going to. Wilson about also him. can't take that sack. He has to know you can't take that. sack. He takes lots of sacks. It's all like yeah, part of it. He can't take that sack. Then again, the Seahawks probably would have punted on fourth and five too. So what's the difference? Yeah, they didn't go for fourth and eight. Why would they go for fourth and, and no, five? It's a they probably wouldn't have. Yeah, fourth and 11, but yeah, they probably wouldn't have. No, see, the move is when you're assessing fourth down, if it's fourth and inches, you don't go for it. But if it's fourth and four, you run fake plays in your own end. We'll chat about that. I actually didn't mind the fake play. As much as I wish they'd gone for it earlier, I didn't mind that fake play. I, I did had they gone for it earlier i would have respected the fake play a lot more that i guess that's that's, all i could say that's really the whole thing like against kansas city maybe it just seems at the time you're up 21 nothing you can get up to 24 nothing but realistically what's the difference at that point if kansas city's going to come back they're going to start scoring touchdowns but if you don't have the guts to go for it fourth and inches yeah when you're rolling then what are you doing faking punts in your own end when you're already up He's literally like Bill O'Brien would be like me playing poker. And I'm the worst at poker because, but I've also sometimes have success because you're unpredictable. Like sometimes they win big games and they have these like great moments because you don't got a clue. And my face, like I'm always like, you'll know if I got pocket Queens, but I'll also no control of my own. Make that same face when I got like a four, six, like, it's so weird. You got no clue. And there's no 3D chess going on is sort of my point. Like, there's no aspect of what he's doing that I could call 3D chess. It's straight. He doesn't have a clue. No. I mean, Bill said the reason they called timeout for the kick the field goal is because he didn't have a play. <laughs> this is what you're dealing with. This is what you're dealing with. <laughs> for months that Bill O'Brien is the worst the worst coach in football. And that's when Freddie Kitchen still had a job. He is still the worst coach. you want to know, you just said something there that really, this might sound like so dumb to some people, but I truly believe that people of the Madden generation are so much smarter at that stuff. 
at time management and when to go everything for it. and like the we'll concept we'll of to- never of not having a play and even I want to say I don't remember who it was but one of the Titans secondary members like credited Madden for their fourth down stops he's just like you know engage eight like that's what we did like that's well, what it, we it, do. It is the first option that you yeah. get on defense, and it's impo- sometimes it's impossible to run on that sometimes. And like that's what we did. Like, and we know what it does. And I, I, I really nothing, nothing. Anyways, was that going to have to be beeped? Whatever you were going to say? No, I just say it. I just hate that I put like any accent on that whatsoever. Uh, that's all. That bothered me. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Um. I, anyways, yeah, I don't know. To me, the whole Madden generation like is so much smarter at every element of the game. Been calling plays since they're like six years old, bro. Did you guys, literally? Did, did you guys find it strange that it was the AFC teams that came out flat with a bunch of drops, and the two NFC teams just looked crisp all the way through? No, I mean, these things are random. I, I don't think there's any actual prediction. Metric. It's such, last, yeah, if, it's like if such. You cut him off. We can't hear him. By the way, oh, I, I had stopped. I had stopped. I had stopped. Yeah, but did, there was an element of cutting off. But I did sense that he was um, done. But it's such a fine line. Like Buddy doesn't tip that ball in Baltimore, and they go up seven nothing. Like who knows? I know momentum became like a big arguing point, and like even you know even in like feeds of like other people. Um, but, and even on the post, uh, the halftime shows, it was coming up and such, but as momentum was playing huge roles in a lot of these games, but you kind of believe in it. And that ball was, was rolling. And even with Baltimore, like it was 14, six and Lamar looked like he was running into the red zone and he kind of got shoelace tackled. Uh, and you just felt like it was all about to happen for them. And a second, fourth down that they don't get. And right off both of the missed fourth downs, uh, Buddy calls huge plays. One's a touchdown instantly. The other's just a Henry run and just a freaking beast. And they got their it, recipe. It was on the failed second fourth down. I was like, okay, Titans are going to win. Because you get, once you had never failed once all season on fourth and one, and now you failed twice in a row, and Tennessee's already getting some breaks, anyone who had any and, sense looked at that failure and went, okay, the Ravens I, are not going to win this game. Question is, what type of game is this going to be? Is it going to be a rout, or are they going to lose? Close? Like you, you just don't win those types. We've all watched enough football to know. Okay, sometimes it ain't your day. Whereas last with with the Chiefs, I thought, listen, unlike the Ravens who play with a lesser margin of error than the, than the Chiefs, the Chiefs can spot you a bunch of points and come back because they're a quick strike uh, passing offense. Like if Mahomes had to throw fifty seven times in the game, you're not as concerned about as if Jackson has to throw fifty seven times in the game. That's not their wheelhouse. So I felt differently about the Ravens getting down by two scores than I did about the Chiefs getting down three three scores. You said you noticed all of the people taking victory laps against you very early in that mm-hmm. Chiefs game. Did you notice the one person who didn't take a victory lap on you? There are some people. There are some people who, who showed restraint, and I appreciate that. There were other people who thought it was their, it was an opportunity for them to twist the knife, and then, uh, you know. Uh, I, I took my victory lap very early in that. Yes, it was, it was regrettable. Like no chance or no way. Like people are just quick and they just, they can't, they can't hold off. I was sitting there looking at like, I was looking at like the live line. It just, it never got high enough for me. And I thank God. Cause I almost did it with Baltimore too on Saturday night. I was looking at the live money line. I was like, 
plus 110 for them to come back. I was like, that seems like not great value. I wanted to hit the Chiefs. That's the reason I didn't like try to take a victory lap on you, Tim, because I thought it would be like, oh, if I can get like nine to one here, like, never let's got go. those, like no, three fifty like or something. I think three twenty five was the highest anyone could get. I was like, I do think they're going to come back, but like those odds aren't good Two, enough for me to jump in on it. Big takeaways in both those games, and yeah, it's so weird. The underdog answers the bell like right out of the gate, and both these teams just they came out with the drops. Lamar. And I'm not doubting it because we've all been boys and even as grown men long past our draft eligible years. You're still eligible. <laughs> We're all, all eligible, but <laughs> no one would ever call. Nor should they. Um, you think about winning the Super Bowl. I had a poster of all the Super Bowl rings up on my wall. Like as a kid, you'd stare at them like that'd be the coolest thing in the world. Like ever. And Lamar just talked about it, talks about it so much, like everything, like from week six on, like the second it felt real there, every quote was like, it's just about the Super Bowl. It's just about the Super Bowl. My whole life is just about the Super Bowl. I only think about the Super Bowl. I like think about that last year's playoff game, like all the time, too much. And I kind of got to the point where they're down. Like he's like on tilt in this moment right now, because of like everything that kind of happened. Well, Mahomes stayed really calm and was still putting the passes on the money despite some early drops and a coaching move that underrated or not. And the game got so out of hand the other way that it probably wouldn't have mattered. But I absolutely adored Andy Reid kicking the first extra point. Why? I, agree I didn't think you should give any sense of momentum away at all. I didn't think that by getting that extra point, you would then determine so early in the game you're not kicking field goals anymore. Like, we're down 16. Like, it just allowed them to stay and do whatever they still kind of wanted to do. I don't know. I thought it was genius. I thought it at the time. It's not even revisionist history. I didn't think an ounce of momentum, like, they could, should give back in that moment. And like, it at all. It sends a message to your opponent. We're not out here chasing points. We aren't desperate to be scoring point two. points. Because we are going to score... 40 points on you. You need to chase points against us. We don't need to chase it against you. It's the, the smallest. Yeah. The, small, the, the, the favorite does, does not go for two there. That I think that would have been asinine to go for two, to be honest with you. In the second quarter, when you know, I'm going to score 40 points on you, so I'm not chasing. It's the smallest thing, but we were both like, at the time, I don't know whether I it felt big or small, but like even more so after the fact. We're both having the same problem today, but we're excited on this issue of them taking the single. When, like, instantly they're down 24, and my head is like, okay, that's three touchdowns, three converts. That's how they play it. That's how they do it. And I respect, I just thought, yeah. And I didn't even think of it from Tim's aspect of like, no, we are fine. We're not chasing anything. Honestly, Kansas City should just go for two every time. Anyway, okay. And never kick y extra points. Yes. That is okay. <laughs> that, that should actually be their move. <laughs> sure. But in that moment, I thought it were, I don't know. I don't know. If it's 24-6, Bill O'Brien probably punts that ball. It's just a confidence thing. I loved it. It's Andy Reid putting the hammer down. Even though saying, didn't... You're in my place. <laughs> you fucking people. Just let one of you finish. I know. I'm like four years old. I'm sorry. It's, it, well, it just, it, For the record, this is an every week thing. It's I not, get it. It's, it seems a spa like very rarely these really two bad, go though. back and forth and just cut each other off. At least when you cut me off, we're on the same feed. Tim's in a hotel and God knows where, and he's not on a good feed. He's getting yeah, drowned out. He's, like you said, he's not in his, uh, well, we'll get to He's his not in his log cabin settings. at the moment. He's on but the road. Didn't Buddy even miss two extra points? 
He missed one. Oh. So maybe, yeah, okay. You are absolutely right in that they should always go for two. But in the moment, I didn't feel the rage that a lot of people were showing. I thought it was like a very, I don't know, people were like taking their shots at Andy Reid about it because it was all like happening again. I don't know. It's like when Bernie knocked over that syrup lady at the supermarket. <laughs> it's all happening again. This butter's worth. Does that imply that Bernie murdered someone? That is definitely the in, in, uh, the, the implication. <laughs> yes, it is. So Saturday games. I can't remember. Did you you took Minnesota last week, right, Jeff? Yeah, I took him again like a chump, chump. I, I was lucky because I jumped on the San Francisco I, as it came down closer in the week. And like one of the weird things about like winning betting in a week, like oh, I saw a line, I saw a six and a half laid out on Smart. Monday. I just hit it right away. I was like, it's not going to stay at six and a half. I like the Niners a lot in this game. But that game, weirdly enough, went almost exactly how I thought it was going to go, and that never happens for me. The other three games, not so much. That game, pinpoint, like is, now that the Ravens are out, I thought that the Ravens were the best team that was remaining. But it seems like they were more front-runnery. That, like, one of the bet, I didn't bet the Ravens minus nine. I didn't bet the Titans. I actually bet the Ravens to win at 11-1. to one. Uh, between 25 and 30 points. And I kind of feel the same way about Kansas City this week. Like, if this game is close, Tennessee might win. But if it's not close, like, yeah. Kansas City just blows them out. Tennessee just feels like one of those teams, although I have no evidence to think that they should be. What, what am I thinking here? Are we are we going into the game? No, we, we can still talk about the, like, is there anything really to mention from the Niners and Vikings game? Is that the Vikings are bad outdoors. Remember that. Shame on you for betting on Kirk Cousins at a big spot on the road. That's all I'll say about that. Shame on you, collective bettors, whoever thought there was a reason to take him. Uh, and listen, if the San Fran corner doesn't fall down, there's a real chance the Niners could have got blanked, or the Vikings could have got blanked in that game. That was a very unimpressive performance from an unimpressive team. It was good to see the Niners take care of business. The other game, like, listen, Russell Wilson's great. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers every time at a big spot because Aaron Rodgers is a superstar and it was nice to see him again prove to people who think he's past his prime that actually his vintage is still very good whatever you want a coin flip and they're probably going to win again this week and we'll get into that i think the packers are again, again you would talk about teams that get no respect despite having a superstar under center i mean it's green pay I, I don't really think there's a discernible difference between rogers and russell wilson wilson has been better for the past two seasons than rogers has and he's, and he's won all the big games against Rodgers until yesterday. I think they're very different. Actually, it's, it's funny. They, whoever's at home wins. If you track their records against each other, it's just whoever's home happens to win the games. And I think, uh, that they, I think that they are actually quite similar quarterbacks. I think they're a bit different now. But for a long time, Russell Wilson seemed kind of like Aaron Rodgers 2.0. I don't know. I, to a degree, I always thought Rodgers was slightly more of a pure passer. Uh, now Rogers doesn't have the mobility much uh, at all, and he has more weapons than Seattle has. So fair enough. Wilson sort of one man band, whereas uh, you know Rogers is sort of conducting an orchestra. But I, I think that Rogers has been supremely disrespected in the public this season, and uh, it was nice to see him win. And I'd like to see him go all the way because uh, that would be very nice to cement him as a as a no doubt Hall of Famer or second Super Bowl. He's already a no-doubt yeah. Hall of Famer. I, I'm really with you, but, like, that doesn't even need to be said. Like, I have no – while I have, like, wanted to fade Green Bay and found a lot of things that have happened there fraudulent uh, and shocked that they had a 
shocked that they even were good enough to have a buy. Um, decide to pick on C- P- bet Seattle, who was also equally fraudulent, but I took the four and a half points in the two teams I th- felt were fraudulent. But Rogers winning, Rogers sort of like he'll always kind of let you know how he feels too. He remembers everything bad that anyone ever said. He's an elephant like that. You dissed him. He's like Steve Buscemi with the lipstick and the list. I mean that. For for as for as great as he is, for a guy with a first ballot Hall of Fame career already, he is incredibly like petty. Good. Yeah, no. Whatever motivates you. Exactly. Go get it, and there'll be the big story again of, you know, San Fran passing him in the draft, and he's going home to play this football game. I don't know if that's going to be – I'm curious to actually see the broadcast. It was a huge story when they played in prime time sure. this and year. I, I feel like it's been done now that this is now more of a thing that we noticed the last time around. Now it seems like everyone is talking about it, that I think the broadcast is going to show some restraint on this one. Well, they won't not show just, restraint in their wardrobe. Listen, you know, they've been, Fox has been uh, cut above the last several weeks. And then they show up to this, their big only primetime game, only playoff game of the week. And they showed up dressed up in, you know, jackets with buttons. Yeah, they showed up dressed in parkas because it's fucking freezing in Green Bay. Put a tie on. How hard is that to put a tie on? Come on, even the even the guys at NBC class it up for their last game of the year. Like, <laughs> like, like, it up. I, I feel like I'm being trolled every week by the network saying, okay, one of us has to draw the short straw and wear, you know, business casual attire to an NFL game. Who will it be this week? Uh such such foolishness. I'm sure that the and maybe it's not even that case at Lambo, because I, I can't imagine the last time they renovated like the media booth. But I was doing play-by-play games for the University of Toronto at like the end of November one year, and it was frigid in that room. We had heat on, and it was bad. Like we had to bundle up. Like I completely get not being out there in your suit and tie, and that's all. Like if you want to do the game, you need to be somewhat you need to be somewhat comfortable, and not freezing is probably a huge part of that. I got no problem with a jacket, but uh, put a tie on. Ties suck, by the way. Yeah, well, it's it's about looking professional, which is what this is supposed to be. This is not. Uh, You're the only look- person who tunes into the games that cares about what commentators wear. Most people want to watch the football. I only care for a moment or two, but it, it does you know, it it does bother me. People now are on the. I'm glad that people on the Twitters are now on the lookout for this thing because if if I don't see it, people are letting me know what's going on. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, Top Cuck, are you triggered yet?" <laughs> Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a perfect weekend to play off football with everybody dressed appropriately. It was freezing cold in Kansas okay. City. That's a moment managed to, to dress dress like grown-ups. I love every time Tim has an opinion-based tweet, which is often if you actually read all the replies. It's like, way to go, Top Cat. Spot on, Top Cat. Like, and then, then he retweets it, thinking they're genuine tweets. They are genuine tweets. You should see just how badly he gets railroaded in our group chat for things like this. Although calling him Top Cuck is like my favorite thing in the world. No, people, people started on Saturday evening sending me photos of a certain individual in Tennessee Titans gear and trying to get me riled up. And I, I wouldn't take the bait on Twitter. I wouldn't do it. 
Doug the Pug. He's gonna go to the. He might be the. He might replace J Lo as the Super Bowl halftime show, or maybe even just be on stage, make a cameo. Imagine. That'd be great. No, he's be, it's better than Postmaster Fred as a mascot. Probably, probably wouldn't even be invited to the Super Bowl. Some, so, some old guy with anger issues versus a cute pug who's very popular. Not popular. Very popular. Almost four, I think over four million Instagram followers now for DDP, DTP. <laughs> he's in a Mercedes commercial. Like, Doug is living the life. Not like Tim, who's in some shitty hotel room right now. <sighs> Whatever. If you had Doug the Pug money, you could stay in a better hotel. Whatever. Jealous of a pug, Jeff. Can you imagine? No. Neither can I. Let's get to the games. First game is the AFC Championship. We have Tennessee. Les Titans, Jeff. Yeah. At Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by seven points. 52 is the over-under. As Paul mentioned to me before we came on, that minus seven is juiced already to like minus 120, minus 125. So that's going to seven and a half or eight at some point. To your point, I think that doesn't matter. I'd rather lay it the extra half, half point. Seven it, it, is key because you think that minus seven is like stealing Bentleys in the West Indies. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. Blowout or close? Blowout. I think, I do think the Chiefs win. Lamar Hunt trophy on the line in that house. Like the like last year. Uh yeah, I don't know. Like the bitter taste. They know what how gross it'll taste. Tennessee's got the recipe to beat anybody because they could play Army or they can and you still gotta fear their quarterback despite his lack of yards. Do you think they can make the plays? The better bet is Tennessee plus seven or potentially plus seven and a half plus eight if it gets to that, or just Tennessee money line. Tennessee money line. I think I'm with you on that. I do like Kansas City to win. I've been wrong at every turn in like the last six weeks of everything football, but that's what I think. Tim, where are you at with this game? I like the Chiefs to win convincingly. I have to be honest with you. I think this is like Mahomes' big coming out party on the Nationals. I mean, we, people watched last week, but this is an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, football fans, of course, know all about them, but the championship games are when even non-football people start tuning into the games. And so to see Mahomes come out here and – you know, he played terribly in the first half of the AFC Championship game last year uh, and, you know, almost pulled it out at the end, but really didn't play well enough to win. And so I expect him to come out here uh, and, and just and just absolutely dominate. I mean, Tennessee's only path to victory is bludgeoning the opponent and trying to get them out of what they do. But the thing is, if Tennessee gets up by 10 or, or by 14, that will not dissuade the Chiefs at all. The Chiefs passed basically on every down for three straight quarters except when Mahomes ran. Like, I don't... I don't think the Titans can win this game unless the Chiefs make terrible mistakes. This game only goes to Tennessee if there's two or three turnovers, special teams error, something like that. Otherwise, I, I don't see a path <laughs> in this game. It would have to be like failed fourth downs, but I, Tennessee seems like the team that is crazy, as crazy as this sounds, that if you're fourth and two from the 23, you just take the field goal against Tennessee. Like it's not unless you're way behind it doesn't feel like it's imperative to score touchdown after touchdown after like, it's very doubtful. You need 50 points to beat Tennessee. Like no, it, it seems like it'll be in the realm of like I 30, also, 25. Like you're going to have to score two or three, 
but you do want to chip your points in because the one real and it hasn't come to fruition yet is that Tennessee has no kicking game whatsoever, and that actually attempted a field goal yet for their team. Their regular season was nine of nineteen field goals, which is crazy. That's like three years ago Chargers type stuff. Now, does that um, does that actually help Tennessee? Might might be like you my, know what? we're just going for it. My or our punting sucks like they did in that Patriot game where they punted on the eight minute drive. But that's that they have to have one of those because you can't just be given. Uh, Mahomes the ball back. Get uh, one of those special teams turnovers again, just like uh, Houston. But goes. I will also give Tennessee credit and and honest and own that they have, since they made their move, their yards per play is outstanding. And maybe not so much in the two playoff games. Well, it has been. It's just been but, Henry. So that's everything. So the offensive numbers are there, and they can – do it, and it's quite amazing that Melvin Gordon killed the Patriots and just ended the MVP. That's, I mean, all the credit in the world. Great job, Melv. Started out with an Ander curse of the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, yeah. and it really snowballed downhill here. But I also want to put out there, this, for not college football, this will be the most expensive non-Super Bowl of our lifetime to be a part of. Uh, there. If the Chiefs get in. The, this Super Bowl, the scalpers for the Super Bowl are dying for the Titans to lose because they got two blue bloods in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And they got a, a, a Chief fan base that will flock to Miami and pay whatever it costs, much like that Packer fan base would. And we all know that the San Fran, I mean, the tech money, the startup, like, there's just. And, and they're a former dynasty. Yeah, they're like, a blue they blood. So many- yeah. We've kind of missed They're it. both national brands where they have fans all over the country, not just that would have to pilgrim from the West Coast. It'll be like if the Patriots are kind of like bad for the next 10 years, but in the 11th year, they're really good again and go to the Super Bowl. They have a whole generation of baked-in fans that, even casuals, yeah. that just became Patriots fans because they were so good for so long. The Niners still have that, except that fan base is slightly older and actually has money to go yeah. do this stuff. Not only that, Pat. You have a Packer fan base where everyone assumes it is like the live and breathe Wisconsinite cheesehead that will pay whatever, will use mortgage the house, use the credit cards to go to the big game. The Packers are such a national brand. Brett Favre created so many people like my age as lifelong Packer fans from all over the world or, you know, the country. Everyone knows a Packers fan. That they can, that, that are now, that have income, not necessarily disposable income, but they're making a check every two weeks and are going to do whatever it takes and the chiefs i said it again well i can't imagine like the chiefs will invade a super bowl i I couldn't even put into words what their fan base will try to do to get miami Miami. that's the key it's in miami it's not in minneapolis or detroit cares and I don't it's, even think it has to do with the location. I, I think it actually does. It's fun to go to Miami. Yes, it's cold in these places, and you can get – you're going to a warm place. But Miami is almost certainly the best place to have a Super Bowl. The weather's the nicest in the country. It's actually it's the second best, but they don't go there anymore. Well, they don't have a stadium there in San Diego anymore. But, like, other, other than San Diego, Miami is the place you'd want to be for a Super Bowl. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fantastic. So, yeah, Chief fans and Packer fans, if they need, like, a push – or Niner fans to, to am I going to make this? Well, you get a trip to to Miami out of it too. I mean, I like to win. And don't I, underestimate what Tennessee. He was finished. I just was ready to jump. I could tell in the in his infliction that he was finished. Affliction. 
Like the T-shirt, so the tough, the tough guy well, shirt. I, I, I thought you were more of an Ed Hardy man, not an affliction no, guy. I'm more of a Von Dutch guy. Um, you, you clearly <laughs> have an entire wardrobe of Lacoste. Yeah, but that's like a work thing. Like my mom used to do stuff for them, so it oh. all just comes in waves at times. Your mom cheated on your dad with Johnny Lacoste. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, and the Titans are just people go like. They're fans, and that's a hung. That's like a rock bottom franchise, but the fans and the people that were part of rock bottom, ready to pay for it. It's how it works. Well, and if they get Doug the Pug to go, and then just like hundreds of thousands of people will just go to see him, and maybe they'll stick around for the game too. It's a thought. Yeah. Is Miami the best place? To have a Super Bowl? No, it's San Diego. I don't know. But they that. killed San Diego. I, yeah, okay, it's, it's not San Diego because no one fucking wants to go to San Diego. Well, San Diego is like the San Diego is like the most boring place on earth. Like wrong. New Orleans is such a better place to so go New to a Super Bowl. Orleans would be number two on that list. It would be Miami one, New Orleans two. That would be the, the top two places. I think. Well, part of the reason they the Chargers are no longer in San Diego is because the NFL decided they want to make the Super Bowl like an everywhere thing. And yeah. cities that could potentially be fun. You know where it was but, not fun? When Tim and I were in Minnesota yeah. for the Super Bowl. Oh well, God. that city, that, no, I mean, the city embraced, I think, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the like, cities were low. Tim, it was like minus 30 degrees every day. It was not I a know. whole lot of fun. Was Radio cold. Row was in a fucking mall. Tim's favorite well, thing in the world. Yeah, not, you say not that the like greatest. It's a bad thing. You say that like it's a bad thing. I think that's a plus. But look, you know, you, they did their best to embrace uh, what the Super Bowl is. Like, Indianapolis is going to have another Super Bowl. Places like that, they... they you have to move it around to, to cold weather places and to places with new stadiums that have domes. Like it, you got to do it. Like that's how you incentivize a city building a big stadium with a roof is that you're going to have the biggest show on earth come to town. So how triggered are you going to be when London gets a Super Bowl? I don't think, well, they'd have to rewrite their rules because currently you can't have a Super Bowl in a place where you don't have an NFL team. So I don't when think. When was happen. that a rule? They used to have one at the Rose Bowl. They stopped in 1993, the year that the Rams and Raiders left town. They never had went back to the Rose Bowl after that. Okay, let me, let me phrase this question in a different way then. How long after London gets a team do they get a Super Bowl? Two years, the year after mm -hmm. their first year. Quickly. Same with the way the Rams and the Chargers are hosting a Super Bowl, not next year, but the year after, because it's in the second year. It's as a running, it was happened with Minnesota right. too. This year that stadium was open. New yeah. They got used it. The second year it was open. New, that's usually the way it works. Your second year, you get the Super Bowl. Yeah, because they want to make sure that any kinks in the stadium are worked out. So you almost have like a trial balloon year. Like you have to have a clean year, a good bill of, of health, I would say. I do disagree with Tim. I don't think a place like Indianapolis gets a second Super Bowl. I think you build it for one, and everyone gets one. If you build something, you get one. That's all you are promised. That's why it goes to the places that are building – and then it'll stay within its Arizona, New Orleans. Oh, I forgot about Arizona. Uh, um, Miami. And now the new thing in L.A. is going to be like, that's going to be one every three years yeah. now, it feels. Because so, it's the well, home base of the whole league. I would yeah. say that the reason that New Orleans is a better Super Bowl destination than Miami. I is agree with you. It's an indoor stadium for one thing. Because you can have those Miami Super Bowls where it's like pouring rain. That only and, happened one time. But, but it happens. Like, that's, that is not the product that they want to put on the field. It's they not. didn't turn. They didn't have the lights go off for an hour. You know where it did happen? New Orleans, and that was great. That was pretty funny. We still talk about that. 
And that was a fantastic game, well, too. They should have run, just like the fucking Saints. You know, Jimmy DG didn't take any heat this weekend for taking a knee on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing out of you, Jeff. Nothing. I'm just... Nothing. You're probably just worse than our friend who we had our, you know, in our group chat who was convinced that the Vikings were going to win the game and made a large wager no, on no, the no, Vikings no, money no, line. No, 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 no. But no, New Orleans indoors, you could, I've Hard, never, I've been to Miami, I've never been to New Orleans, so I really can't speak to the city. Hard New, Rock, New, New, so New Orleans seems like more fun than Miami, to yeah, me, at least. I would agree. I'd rather go um, to New Orleans. If I was more into, like, the club scene and drugs, probably much prefer and Miami. Then, do you know why Arizona is worst place? Why? As Marenzi always used to tell me, Sheriff oh, Joe Arpaio. Yeah. He's out to he's ruin like, people. He ruins lives there. That's well, Warren he's no Sapp. The he's no longer the sheriff there. And the thing about Miami, same with the one in Glendale, is the stadiums are not in the city themselves. You do, like, I've been to Hard Rock Stadium. You have to travel a bit to get there. And same with uh, the Glendale Stadium. It's not in downtown Phoenix, whereas the Superdome is right in the heart of New Orleans. And nothing against New Orleans. I think it's a great Super Bowl city, too. I like when they go to the classic places uh, in Miami and New Orleans and the Rose Bowl, which is where I wish they were having games. Th those are, to me, the, the iconic sites for Super Bowls. How come Seattle never got a Super Bowl? They were sort of... And they're not in New York City, so they didn't get it. But it's not that cool. Don't they have a retractable roof? No, they don't. They don't? No. But that, it's, it doesn't get that cold. You, it could be really cold in Seattle, but it's likely not to be cold. It's more likely to be, like, temperate. That stadium got built and came together so easily from the city and the Allen, Paul Allen ownership group that the league never had to float the carrot. But not even – I just think it would be a cool destination. No, but I'm saying a, a lot of these like, – that's a downtown stadium. A lot of these are trade-offs for public money. They're, they're promises to the city – um, for the public money that they will commit. And why did Jerry get his? Well, Jerry built that thing. That's what I mean. He didn't take any public money. But Jerry built it. He was getting it. He built his king's palace. Jerry, he was going to promise. Yeah. And this year's Super Bowl will probably be the hottest demand since that one. Assuming the Chiefs win. That Steeler-Packers Super Bowl, and they had crazy issues with seating and tickets, and people sued the... Pack or the league for years after that. I don't know if you remember that. No. Yeah, I do. This stuff you guys pay attention to, not me. I don't care. Uh, yeah. That was Packers Steelers. This will rival like this getting price of a Chief Packer, Chief 49er Super Bowl to be a broker. You, you The brokers are betting on the Titans' money line. I mean, I can say they are. They are. They are. They need a little piece. The entire city of Philadelphia decamped in Minneapolis when we were there. So I suspect that they did well, Eagles fans. But that was New England, who was already in their Super Bowl fatigue. I'm telling you, for at least the last three times, New England has brought Super Bowl fatigue to the ticket market. And Philly, yeah, Philly got to invade it. I'm sure. I don't doubt it. When we were walking around Mall of America, or even at, like, media night, or just seeing people out around town, it was all Eagles fans. Yeah. Patriot fan had already been. And if you're really rich, you'd been to two or three. Like, already, they'd been. And the only reason to have gone to any of the recent ones if you were the Patriot fan was like, I think it's going to be the last one. And you don't want you feel like you owe it to those guys. But there's such fatigue in that market. And fuck that Boston guy. They don't know shit. I, I respect like the older Patriot fan that lived his rock bottom. 
But the respect I have for anybody who, like, I don't know, just was there from, like, stuck it out through the shit. Well, that's, that's, that's also through. completely unfair. What if you weren't born? Yeah, right. Not everyone is Tim who, like, holds grudges from things that happened 35 that's years right. before I, he was born. Fine, that's great. That's great. But I got exponentially more respect for that 16-year-old in Cincinnati than Boston. My great fear is that's that all next I'm year, saying. My great fear is next year the Jets go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tampa also goes, and our only chance to go to a Super Bowl will be a road Super Bowl. I just know that's going to happen. I like that he's more worried about potentially playing Tampa in the Super Bowl than going like two and fourteen. I see. This is why me and Tim get each other so much because I have these thoughts. Because you're both fucking delusional. Yeah, but it would be more like Chargers are going to make the Super Bowl, and it's going to be the like years ago when they were like setting up for one in New York. It's like, we're going to make the cold weather Super Bowl. A West Coast team. Oh. My luck. Like, those were sort of the thoughts that I was having. <laughs> like, it's going to be taken away from me even before I get there. And this is like a year and a half out. This is a year and a half out. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I know I'm crazy. You people are batshit no, insane. but I know I'm insane. <laughs> he tries to pass it off like he doesn't. He wears a foam hat on his head. And tells me he's not cra- and tells us he's not crazy. Well, he can only wear it on third downs because it hurts his neck. <laughs> it's incredibly heavy. You can't wear it for the entire game. It's an impulse buy. What can I tell you? Oh, top cuck. This is the reason you're him. <laughs> he. Think about these things all the time. Yeah. You mentioned London Super Bowl. My only thought is how would that affect the Chargers if they made it? It'll be, good home, home It'll be a home game for them. Yeah, blah, point. blah, blah. Do you know, actually, someone said something really interesting. I'll go four seconds. Is as of like two days ago, the Spanoses now are, they have. The Spani. The Spanis. The pluralization of that. In seven years, they can sell the team without any financial kickbacks to like the league or something. Okay. It's funny, when we set the over-under on the length of the show, it's like, it's two games. The show's going to be like 15 minutes long. Well, we'll be quick yeah, on the game. build in at least 15 minutes for Chargers talk. Have we spoken about the Chargers? I did four seconds. We're doing it right now. We're still talking about it. No. You hold- said four seconds. We're at, least in, you want- we're at least in second 23. Hold on then. No, no Chargers talk. Like, I've kept Jets talk to a bare minimum. When it came out this week that Sam had a, fra- a broken left thumb for most of the year, and that's why he struggled. I didn't talk about that. I didn't bring that up. You just brought it up. Tim is now basing the Jets' struggles on Sam Darnold's not, <laughs> like, body fat issue, but on a injured thumb on his non-throwing hand. Which he had to use with every single snap, and it would have bothered him. And he still gutted it out to a 7-9 and nine performance. Which Remember when Carson Palmer, like, broke his left arm and had to hand the ball off the other way and played through it, and the Bengals still made the playoffs? Josh oh, McCowan I- literally played a second half with a torn ACL in the playoffs this year as a 42-year-old man. And we're talking about left thumb ligaments on your non-throwing hand with a 22-year-old kid? Come on. Well, I, I think it gives him an out. I watch. Well, I, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you like to think it gives you an out, but it doesn't because he You're, sucks. Listen, no offense. It's a trendy internet thing, but you're head coach. You're fucked, buddy. <laughs> I'm, if you don't think I'm very concerned, you're just you kick, like you're just wasting time to get to the same point next year where you're actually hopefully the yeah, ownership listen. knows. I think he should be fired. I I've made that clear. But. Uh, okay, he said it. I'll go there. Um, I thought the coaching process that we did that little show on it did wonders for guys like me and Tim who might be looking for new coaches next year. Because there's a couple guys that didn't get hired. I would hire Kansas City's tomorrow. 
we can keep it real or the Niners defensive coordinator. I'd be delighted. I would, I would bring him in. Um, even the kid whose dad owns FedEx and used to own the Redskins, the red, you know, the chiefs, sorry, the Titans offensive coordinators, dad, like owns FedEx and like own the Redskins. Is that like a part of the deal to have them in Nashville? His son has to be a part of the coaching staff. I don't know, but, but he's a, I am in love with Les Titans' sequencing of play calls. And maybe that's easy to do when you're running back and get you nine a clip, but I'm in love with how they sequence their play calls right now. Green Bay and San Francisco. <laughs> Niners favored by seven and a half points. 45 is the over-under. This one's tough because I always like to do the check check head coach quarterback and obviously this is one and one for these two sides kyle shanahan is a better coach than matt leflair and aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than jimmy garoppolo jimmy garoppolo is highly unimpressive against the vikings but it didn't matter and i think it might matter more that san francisco's defense is back at full health i'm pretty sure Bose is fine like he'll be 100 percent by the weekend or at least 90 percent but that was a huge revelation because down the stretch, they got banged up and the defense stopped looking so good. They looked like the number one defense in football again. If that's the case, I Rogers was like starting to get pressured at the end of the game by Seattle, who has zero pass rush to speak of. Like if the Niners start getting in the backfield, like they did last time around, it's game over. But Rogers is just way better than Jimmy G. So it's a lot of points for Aaron brings a lot of things into play. How much of this line is being influenced by the game earlier this year? All of it? It was four, right? And I like the Packers. I like the Packers too. And that was over in a snap. I mean, that defensive line was healthy that night, and they just ate all you could eat. That was the night I was a convert from San Francisco as a bit of a paper tiger to, oh, wow, this team is a legit Super Bowl contending team. Uh, Yeah, and I was very impressive that night. It is too many points with Rodgers. I'm going to take the points. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Packers on the money line because I think the Packers are going to win. And it's not a disrespect of the Niners because I think that's a great team and I, I love what they've got going. It's just in these big spots, I, I trust Rodgers more than I trust Garoppolo. I, I don't think San Francisco is much of a home field advantage to speak of. And I think Green Bay is sort of determined and discovered more of who they are as a team now than they did uh, a couple of months ago when these two teams last, last met. I mean, Jones has been revelatory. I think he's going to have a, a massive and important role. I don't know they're going to shut him down the way they shut Dalvin Cook down because you, you know, to commit the men you'd have to to shut him down leaves Rodgers with a free hand in a way that you weren't too worried what Kirk Cousins was going to do against your secondary. You, you were deadly afraid of what Aaron Rodgers can do. So I, I think they're a much harder matchup than the, the Vikings were. And this, this spread is larger than the Vikings spread was. And I, the Packers are a better team than the Vikings were top to bottom. So I think that they, I think they hung a bad number here. And I think you should probably go out and grab green Bay now. Cause I don't think the money's kind of come in on San Francisco at seven and a, and a hook. I, I think people are going to come in on the Packers public and sharps. So then an interesting spot. I like the Packers and the points too. I'm not confident to the point where I'm going to like lay down serious money on this one, but it's almost like one of the other things that if this game is close, like, I don't think that Rodgers is going to randomly turn the ball over. I mean, maybe Jones ends up fumbling or whatever. Like I can see that basically the start that Kansas city had 
against Houston last week. I could see that happening to the Niners against Green Bay. And Green Bay doesn't even play particularly great defense by any stretch. Uh, they're pretty average against the pass and against the run. But I, I just – should I be this worried about Garoppolo, Jeff? Yes, you should be. I, I can't stand this game. I, I'm picking I, – I almost like for the sake of being different need to just put San Francisco there. The coin picked San Francisco. And because that I've just been so – I thought San Fran peaked too early. They clearly showed like late in the year in a lot of big games – the San Fran game, uh, the New Orleans game, the Baltimore game, that they were ready and well coached, and didn't that that like peaking, not peaking thing didn't really like matter. They were upper tier coached. That there was dips don't happen. Like you know, te- Texans will play amazing, not amazing, like not even in the game. Like they can't string great wins off each other. They're just afraid of winning or something. Not the case in San Francisco. I think it could be really close, but. I think San Fran wins, so I'm going to say they cover, and maybe they just like find it late to put it over the number. But I agree I, with see, everything, Tim. See, see, I don't think that it's going to take a late touchdown to cover this number. If San Francisco wins, I can see them piling it on. Like if they get up ten nothing in this game, yeah, the D line's working. Like you affect if like if you can hop up in this game, it's so important for them to score early because then they can unleash on Rodgers. Sherman can take out Devontae Adams. That's not a problem. And then if you also can't run the ball because you're down in the game, like, who's left? Are you really terrified that Jimmy Graham is going to beat you? Geronimo Allison? The Lazard Queen? Like, no. That's not happening. Like, they actually seem to be a little Baltimore-esque, and if they get down, things could snowball on them so easily, especially against this type of defense, that it's almost one of those things where, like, if the either one of these games, if it's close, I think Green Bay wins. But if San Francisco wins, I think they win by a lot. I like I like your your take there. I am going to take San Fran, uh, but I can see this game being close. W- will there be a more popular seven point teaser ever than Kansas City San Francisco? No, see, I disagree. I'm not playing it, but that people will look at them and be sure. like, "Oh yeah, well, I just need them to win." It lines up because they're easy and the numbers work square. But it's people will be interested the other way. To double those numbers up to full 14s, 14s and a half. People. I don't, I don't like the T. Like, the money pit. That I, would is people, bet, I would rather bet the spreads and parlay them together rather than tease Tennessee up to even 13 listen, or 14. There's going to be 14 and a half. A lot of people who are saying uncle on teasing the Titans to lose. It's That's the thing. Like where I think. Like that they're the, done. They're tapping out. The Chiefs Niners tease is going to be so popular. All you need to do is have them both win, and that just feels like one of them's going to lose. Buddy, that ticket last week, you could have made Baltimore-Kansas City money line like minus 180. People did. They felt, lost a lot like of free, money doing felt it. Felt like free fucking money. Well, Tim had it on his free money teaser. Why do you think his money, free money teaser lost? Yeah. Don't blame me. I am blaming you. The people blame you. Yeah, it was very even minus 180. It didn't even feel like I'll lay like just under 2 to 1 or 1 to 2. I need both those teams to win. I mean, even in that Chief game, you, you sweated that shit early if you like and laid then you, some and heavy. Then you didn't. Oh. They almost got they almost covered their number in the first half. Incredible. By the time it came down to something it. Something else. So for the two games, Kansas City for the three of us, Tennessee for the coin, Green Bay for Tim and I, San Francisco for you and the coin, Jeff. Tim, do you have a teaser or no? No, I, I don't. If I were to play one this week. No, 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 no. It's either your free money teaser or it's nothing. 
Not no, if you were to play one, do you have one or not? I mean, are you tapping no. out at one in 19? Yeah. Did you see that I showed people how to win a teaser again last week? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the point of bringing that up is other than to try to make me feel worse about the record that I already feel <laughs> bad about. Here's my promise to the people next year. Uh, I, I promise to at least double the amount of wins I put up this year. Oh, going for a solid two wins next year? That's impressive. I got to say... I was impressed with uh, Tim looks like a different guy in university. That was after university. Skinny Tim. Yeah. I was in grad school then. I had to read that guy's book on your shirt. Some political science. Classes. Oh, you had to write. You had to read a Michael Ignatieff book. Gross. Yeah, it was really annoying. Was it about how he bl- how you win elections by blowing kisses to the people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a loser that guy was, Paul. Uh, this was kind of uh, ignored, maybe. But at the beginning of the show, Tim said that his internet bets did not do well. But is he inferring that maybe he had some hot PLs? No, I think what Tim is referring to, do you see Tim actually did a, remember Drew, who we used to work with? Shout out Drew Livingston. He did a playoff pool or something? No, no. Remember how Drew used to bet on golf? Yeah. Oh, I saw Tim do this. Yeah. yeah so I've got a new strategy this year for golf. Uh, instead of, I mean, I will maybe take a stab pre-tournament. But I think after 36 holes, I'm just going to key in on somebody who I think, in my estimation, has longer odds than they ought to have and stab. And so you, you give me a co-leader at 18 to 1, I'm, uh, I'm taking that. If, if, if they play that tournament 20 times, you lose it three or four times. And so I think in the long run, the, the advantage is to me. So this year, I'm promising to the people. And I'm going to be making picks frequently after 36 holes because I think that's the that's the plus EV play. This is how I can sort of beat the bookie. And so this is one of the things I'll do. So I'll be watching very closely during the Bob Hope to see where I can find an advantage uh, this week after 36 holes. Don't you think? Okay, okay so one, one of two things on this. One, had you ever heard of Cam Davis before you bet on him last week? I, I don't. It's like saying, "Oh, do you know how the how pistons work in a car?" Yes. In order to, be able to turn the car on and drive it. No, I don't need to know how the internal combustion engine works in order to turn the engine on and drive it to where I need to be. I don't need to know all the ins and outs of uh, of Cameron Davis in order to bet on him because I think the the value is is on him. So, I mean, last year I would have taken Adam Long in that that tournament and I, I would have cashed in. So don't tell me that this can't be a winning problem. I don't have to win every week either. I got to win a few times a season to make a profitable endeavor. And so this is my approach for the 2020 golf season that after 36 holes. And even if that goes sideways, sometimes even after 54 holes, jumping in on somebody where I think the value is and letting it ride. So second point, uh, the tournament you're talking about this week, the American Express, no longer the Bob Hope. Uh, it's played at three separate courses the first three days. So the cut doesn't actually happen until after 54 holes. So you could be betting on someone who like played the two easy courses first. Be like, oh, he's definitely going to win. Four to one. The thing about Drew is that Drew used to see some random guy in first place on like a Thursday and be like, how could he lose all my money? Uh, Instant lose. SJ Park used to be his guy. Tim dm'd me this selection i wasn't sure if it was a trolling but i like no i'm i couldn't have no sold anything harder in my life no you were like well good luck <laughs> but like in my head like i was literally laughing at my dinner table <laughs> like out loud audible like i wanted to be like tim like 
They want to diss anyone's bet because, like, I bet losers yeah, too. Yeah, we lose bets no, all the time. But I was like, but now oh he's just betting on random dudes he's never oh heard of to win golf like, tournaments. Oh my god! No, but I, I also sent it to you for an honest appraisal. Like that's why I didn't make it public. I said, "What do you think?" Like you know, this guy's holding a tournament. The, the advanced numbers actually quite well. So if I told you he's dead, you'd have, you'd have listened to me. Well, I would have been okay. A little less uh, pleased with myself. I was actually pretty proud of myself. <laughs> I know you were. I was like 18 to 1. I was like, what's going on here? Why are the odds not running for somebody who has a, an excellent chance to win this tournament? And, you know, he just never got it going on. I, I followed him quite closely on the weekend. He never really got it going. It's, it's annoying. People kept saying, oh, you bet on Cam Smith. I was like, no, I bet on Cameron Davis. <laughs> You're not the same person. I bet on the wrong Cameron, damn it. The, the wrong Australian Cameron at bat. Yeah, I mean, Dems the breaks. Okay. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be... I'll be picking my spots throughout the season. Well, maybe not every week, but there will be some weeks where after 36 holes or whatever, I was like, don't do I, it. I, I think I'm winning play. My point to you about showing you how to win the teaser was not to brag. Well, it was to brag, but at the same yes, time, it's to also to inform you that you know what are more likely to win than your six game teasers, two game teasers. Well, of course. But you know, once you get far enough, it's like playing blackjack. At some point, you have to press if you want to finish the night at least at even. You sound like our friend who loses all of his money in the first five minutes of going to the casino. He loses the first three hands, and I'm all in. Oh no, blackjack. Okay, I gotta go now. Now he sits there begging for money for two hours. He's just the fucking worst. It's a gamble. I get that, but that's why it's called gambling. Well, clearly your approach isn't working. All I'm saying is that. Maybe, know, maybe, maybe, put it this way. Maybe you don't have the power to go up and hit home runs every time. Maybe just draw a few walks, get on base. That's all I'm saying. Which is why I've devised this new golf betting strategy. It don't is do it. Breaking out of my comfort zone and trying don't. something. Well, good luck. Good luck. I mean, I, I don't wish you to lose money. It just happens over and over. Also, Rams with 50, with 32 hole leads. Sorry, yes. 30. Six whole leads. Yeah. 400th ranked players in the world. Well, the, the thing that I, well, I, cause Tim sent me the same thing too. I was like, yeah, it's one thing that this guy, I listen, his stats looked fine for the week. Like he was doing well in ball striking. He wasn't really putting, like, but there was 23 guys within two shots of the lead. And he like kind of peaked already. Like it's one thing if he's 18 to one and he and two other guys are eight strokes past everyone. Yes. Not with the entire field coming back to get you. All right. Well then this week I'll wait after 54 holes. I'll, I'll do it that way. But if like Fowler's leading by three, I'm just going to jump on Fowler and cast. If Fowler is leading by three <laughs> after 54 holes, he's going to be minus 500 by the way. Then I'll just parlay it with, I don't know. Oh, this, see, this sounds see, like a real he, winning he strategy. Have, he would have bet on Steele at like plus 130 or something Saturday night. Yeah. Up four strokes. Guy can't lose. And, and did he? Yes. But he won in the playoff. No, he lost in the playoff. To Cam yeah. Cameron Smith, who you just acknowledged won. <laughs> no, well, just people were asking me about Smith. Why do you think they were asking you about Cam Smith? <laughs> they were, uh, you know what? I, I don't know. What do I know? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know anything. If this was like daytime radio or something, I would like cut that. What? You don't think that's getting cut? <laughs> like just like a, a live on by itself soundbite. What just do I know? In I know nothing. <laughs> you know what you need to go on, Tim. You know, right? Hollywood celebrities. What do they know? Do they know stuff? Let's find out. 
I believe there's more to it than that. It's Hollywood, Hollywood stars and celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. From J.D. Salinger. I'm Again. J.D. fucking Salinger. This is similar to your Duckman reference Saturday. You're just you're pay- playing to a very narrow audience. No, BoJack Horseman has a far larger audience than Duckman did, Tim. Like one, Duckman. A, one is still on Netflix as one of its, it's probably besides Big Mouth, its second highest rated. I, we don't get the ratings, but just from casual conversation, animated show. One was a show no one watched in 1998. <laughs> I knew Duckman. I wouldn't know BoJack. Really? Boom. Yeah. People know Duckman to some degree. <laughs> what do you think? Despite the fact that you didn't know it or don't watch it, would you believe me or Tim on this one of what's more popular? No, I would agree. One is part of the Netflix era. One was like a... Show that was on like two in the morning. Yeah. But I laughed. Duckman. I'll tell you, do you think Tim has a better grasp on how teasers work than Darren Rovell does? <laughs> because of you, Jeff. And your blood feud with Mr. Rovell, who I'm a big fan of, and I wish he would come on the show. Oops. Well, that's not going to happen anymore, thanks <laughs> to you. Now I'm tagged in all these tweets with people just oh, ragging on. By the way, have I'm you? Ta- se- okay. No. I had like I, I wake up, I have like 50 notifications. What the hell is going? What did it's, I do? Do you know what I it is? Tweeting. Do you know what it is? It's literally now like when something crazy happens, if the Chargers have a big news story or the Jets, people will tweet all of us to talk about the other. My menchies, as Tim would say, they blow up. And I think, like, Philip Rivers retiring or something. And it's, like, 40 people letting me know Rovell made an ass of himself. Uh, so that's where we are. Listen. Can you explain it for anyone that didn't see it? He just. Okay, I'll explain yeah. it in a more concise way. Please. So someone played a giant teaser that won on the weekend i believe it was chiefs and packers was the teaser on sunday like giant risk not a giant yeah, it was like a, not I, a tim six gamer i believe it was a two hundred thousand dollar bet and it returned like three hundred and sixty thousand or something like that and rovell had said that the person had won three hundred and sixty thousand dollars which is not true they won a hundred and sixty thousand dollars because if you play a seven point teaser what's the normal line on a 7.2 game teaser minus 130 Minus like yeah. 120, minus 130. Yeah, depending on your shot, maybe oh, minus 118 yeah. if you got a good shot. But yeah, it's not plus money. So I get, yeah. I, I get where the mistake comes in. Like he it just, it, it, it's, it's one misuse of a word in what you're trying to explain. I actually had no problem with it. I, I get what you're trying I'm to say. I'm blocked. I couldn't see it. Okay. Well, I just, you couldn't even see what it was? No. You're getting all these notifications. Yeah. Some of you this is no exactly how it happens now for me. Pat. Okay. Well, that's fun. Like I just, it's not that big of a deal. But there's but enough- people take such umbrage with Rovell if he gets anything wrong. I kind of feel bad for him at this point. But then he like doubles down and starts arguing, and that's a bit tough. The whole thing is though, someone has just pointed out, like, based on your logic, is that, and I think the guy actually screwed it up when he sent the tweet, but it was pretty funny that if you have ace seven in blackjack and you stay, and then the dealer has 18 and you have a thousand dollars on the bet and you push, it's like saying you won a thousand dollars on the hand. And that's actually a pretty good way to describe it. It's better than like the entire pot of a poker hand being like 1500 and you lose the hand. You go, oh, I lost 1500 bucks. Oh, we had a friend who used to do that. So he would claim that he would lose pots when playing at the casino in poker. He'd be like, oh, I, I lost this like $3,000 pot. And I was like, you're playing one, two, no limit for starters. 
And I know that you're kind of a coward. So there's no way that you were in for like 1500 bucks. He was out on like the flop after investing 50 bucks, but he would have won the hand that ended up being $3,000. So he claims that he lost three. Like well, that's, that's, that's how he talks about his big hands. Like that's, that's phony. I call bullshit on that. But it's like when you have the six game parlay and like a game loses, like that game cost me or lost me this. Well, no, you lost $40 or what you put. I wouldn't even say it's that. I'd say if you have a six game parlay <laughs> and three of the games win and the other three lose, but you lost the first one to begin with. Then you'd be like, oh, I just lost $4,000. Like, no, you, you lost right away. You lost 20 bucks is what happened. Imp- imprinting your what you could have won as a part of your losses to make you sound like a big deal isn't, you know, okay. it's not Here's real my, savvy. And, no and just buying. to backtrack, my beef with Rovell, like I stand by. Like, I can't stand it because he's just a phony. And he's a phony. <laughs> I think he's genuine. Yes, he's genuine, like a genuine clown, but it's very, it's phony in that he sells himself as like being this know-it-all. And he like when what you do you think I sell myself as? No, but you're at least using the proper terminology yeah. when you're being an idiot. Yeah. You're at least like not selling me. Sure, you're not winning more, but you're not like a guy. You can't talk to gamblers and, like, not know the terminology. Like, you just can't or not know what things mean and sell yourself as something. My defense for him is that he's not selling gambling to gamblers. He was brought on to sell gambling to people who don't know anything about gambling. That's why he's there. Then he's doing a really bad job of it because he doesn't even know anything. But they don't know anything either, so it's no difference. People should be, I don't know. I agree. The standards should be higher. I think where he works is a really good operation that does some good things and hires people we really like or have people we really like yeah, do things but, for but, but for every one me, of our friends that does great work for action yeah, they get no, people don't know about them they know no, they know Darren. Rovell that's why he's but there. I think he is bad for them no I think if he's selling subscriptions for them he's good for them I don't think he sells a subscription I think that he does that'd be my guess it's and like he's lucky. Other, what's that other? Who's the jabroni? Listen, everyone just rags on Vegas Day. Yeah, but apparently well, like, he uh, like listen, sells. he's the best marketer in the world. And like, yeah. it, it's commonly known that he's horrible at this stuff. It'd be like if Tim sold picks. Yes, but it'd be okay. Tim and Ravel would kind of be. Uh, no, I'm not. I don't like mean to. Tim go there. Anderson is the Darren Rovell <laughs> of the Pat Mayo experience. How do you feel, Tim? <laughs> no, that's not what I was. I, I, I was, feel very uh, conflicted. It's not, <laughs> Except you don't get paid two million a year. If you were going to describe Tim in an emoji, Jeff, which emoji would you use? He's very like maybe the thinking one. Would it be the cuck emoji? <laughs> oh, I <good>. just <laughs> it'd be two eyes looking at an eggplant. No, I'm oh, not. Um... <laughs> Bleep that out! People should not be listening. This is a family friendly show. This is not a family friendly show. <laughs> Do you remember when he didn't know what? Netflix and chill meant. No, uh, we were driving home from a, a, a friend's wedding, and uh, there's like, ah, oh, you should call up some for Netflix and chill. And I was like, why, why would I just want to hang out and watch Netflix? Like, no, I didn't know. And they're like, you don't know what this is. Like, it, it, it isn't what the words say it means. No, apparently there's some like hidden millennial language behind all this stuff, like the distinction between texting K versus OK versus KK. Apparently, these are all very fine-tuned distinctions that some of us just have no earthly idea about. And so, Can you explain to us the distinction between K, OK, and KK, please? 
Jeez. So K is like dismissive. It's like you ask somebody if they want to do something or whatever, and they say K, it's sort of like another way to say no or whatever, like a, it's flippant. Okay is sort of neutral, like it has neither positive nor negative effects. And KK is like, okay, great. Like uh, th- th- that's, as I understand the millennial lingo, that that's what those three things mean. I tend to just spell things out O-K-A-Y. Uh, but I've used any, except for the KK, I don't quite understand that. But I use, I've used K or OK or OKAY several, I, I, without considering that they mean any sort of a difference. But apparently there are very fine-tuned differences in the, uh, the internet world. So I'm actually more on your side of this than I think ever before. Because I was talking about this with Tim. My wife was also talking to me about it. Um, so someone has told this to Tim. And this has been explained to him this way. But I use K all the time. Like, it's generally like a, it's an ender. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm coming by in 20 minutes. K. Like, I've acknowledged that I've seen what you've said. We don't need to discuss this any further. Like, it's just, that's what I feel like K is for. Yeah. I've never, I've also never used KK. No, that Because, I mean, one one slip of the thumb and you got some bad typos on the go. And the K is perfect because that person sends you that message. They just want to clarify, like, now is good. Like, K just means now is good. I'm, like, good. Got message. Come. I'm here. I I also, like, the way that he said, like, the way that it was expressed to Tim, and cut me off if I'm not explaining this properly, is that you said it's, like, dismissive if you yeah. just use K. I don't find, like, I don't use it as if it is dismissive. It's more, like, when you have whatever your signature is at the end of an email. Like, regards, sincerely, yeah. whatever. K is just, like, K. Like, you would say it. So like, but I wouldn't, is, if someone tells me K, I don't take it, like, oh, my God, they're being an asshole towards me. apparently is how out of touch we are. I mean, that would make sense. I'm in my mid-30s. I'm a father and I'm married. I don't do anything anymore. So be, I don't know who presenters on award shows are anymore. These young I kids. I know. This happened at the uh, the Golden Globes. There were people on the stage like, I don't know who that is. Did you see that the Oscar nominations came out? I did. And I'm very interested because I've seen, I've seen, by this point already, I've already seen several of these movies. Usually I have to catch up. Outside of like two or three movies, I've seen them all. I have to catch up on a bunch of them. I've only seen a few so far. So Tim and I will do our Oscars show, our Oscars betting show, like we do every single year. Gut reaction right now with the nominations that came out for Best Picture. What do you think wins? Uh, Looks like the Irishman's going to sweep. Looks like a great job. I thought the Irishman would be held back given its Netflix roots, but just looking at the way things fell, I I think the Irishman is set up uh, to do quite well. That was the best movie. I haven't seen it. I I keep I keep trying to start it, and then I look at my wife. I was like, "Do you want to start?" She's like, "Well, it's already eight thirty. I don't want to be up till midnight." I was like, "Do you want to watch the?" And she's like, "Do you want to?" I was like, "Do you want?" Yeah, we watched watch it in hour, pieces. First yeah. half. She's like, "No, not really." I'm like, All right. It, it like seems like a movie I need to watch by myself. I haven't seen nineteen seventeen yet. I feel like when I do, it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. The cinema, the cinematic experience that that movie has tried to create, which is so original seems to me like really, really interesting. I'm looking forward to it, that it's all one shot or seems to be all one shot. Plus I like period pieces and I like war movies and Sam Mendes is a great director. So I'm really looking forward to that. But so I'll postpone judgment. Knives Out was my favorite movie I saw all year and that got some known, but it didn't get best picture. Which which I was Knives Out. Out, The Daniel Craig movie. I thought that movie was fantastic and it didn't get a best picture nom. So that was interesting. But uh, 
yeah, I, I have some real thoughts about th- this was a better year for movies in the last couple of years where I, I think so. I'm sort of interested to see how things develop and where some of the betting odds come about. If you think that the Irishman is going to win best picture, I suggest you go bet that right now. It is the fifth favorite is 16 to one. Is that so? Yeah. The, so show how much prep I've done. I have not looked up the odds. So what's the betting favorite? The betting favorite is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I do yeah, think. Okay. Which I, I think. Put, I, I think. That, I think that's gonna. It checks every box for the Oscars. It's Tarantino. He's never won Best Picture. They can get him Best Director potentially too if Mendes doesn't win. Uh, it has Leo. It has Brad. It has a lot of star power, and it's about Hollywood. The Oscars loves movies about Hollywood. It was the one that. Uh, like Seacrest and a lot of singing and dancing a couple years oh, ago. Please, let's not let's that's that's oh, La La Land. Yeah, let's yeah. not tread that ground. I have a source. How did that one end out? Yeah, how did that I forget what yeah. happened there? This is why I wish you didn't bring this up because that's the movie I predicted would be would win Best Picture and it was awarded Best Picture and they took it back oh, from them. The <laughs> actually, it went, even... that, that's not quite the sequence of events. Tim picked. La La Land in a Vegas Dave move of minus 1,000 to win Best Pitcher. It won Best Pitcher, and then Tim gloated about it, and then it was stripped of Best Pitcher <laughs> and so, given to Moonlight. It's way better your way. Yeah. That's why it. when we did the first ever Custies, it tied with Jordan Spieth as most Anderkirst thing of all time. Historically Anderkirst moment. Uh, 1917 is second. I'll, I have screeners for a whole bunch of these, so I might watch it on a plane might watch it at home, do whatever, but that is the one movie I'm going to make sure that I see in theaters, I think. 1917? Yeah. You got to. I haven't seen it yet, but... I've got to. I can watch it at home if I want to. If they pull pull it off, like if it's pulled and it looks good, I mean, that he's director going away probably, and it's got a real shot at movie if it's as great as it looks, but we'll see. Well, the... the, I mean, I, I watched Parasite this weekend, and Parasite is fucking incredible. It is... Perfectly set up to be really bad as an American remake. What's that about? I know it's a subtitle. It's an Asian Yeah, it's a Korean film, movie right? about, like, class structure. It's about a family of jobless people in, I think it's in Seoul. I don't know where the hell it is. It's in South I've Korea. Heard, I've heard great things about it's, it. Okay. It's really, really I heard good. it's fantastic. It's uh, And it's not, like... I like subtitles, go too. Go in not knowing anything about what it's about. It moves fast. It's funny. And kind of dark it's really and it's beautiful to look at like that that's the one upset i can see like sam mendes has already won best director so i can <laughs> see like bong hoon ho jun ho is the director he's also the writer so he's nominated for best picture best director best writing he's going and it it's definitely going to win best foreign film i believe it's a minus three thirty three hundred favorite to win best foreign film feel like he's going to win one of those just because it's it's a very beautiful looking movie, and for like the dichotomy between like the pristine part of the movie and like where they live, just it, it's fan. I highly recommend it. Have Go you watch seen Parasite. the trailer for Tenet yet? Oh my god, that movie is. When you talk about Oscars, my god, that movie looks amazing. I wish it were eligible. What movie? Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Tim loves Christopher Nolan. Well, yeah, I was just saying, I have to remember that. That's the movie have- that like had a date. A release date, right? Without any other information. No, there's a trailer. There's a trailer for it. I mean, listen, Pat really doesn't like Christopher Nolan that much. That, that is not true. Christopher Nolan, he's my favorite director, and so I get excited when his movies come out. 
I think I just I, I love his stuff, and so that I've saw the trailer for that movie, and I've watched it many times. I'm, Do you like Christopher Nolan enough to order a ticket in advance on the internet? I don't need to because I know I'll be able to get a ticket and go to the movie on opening night. That's not true. Christopher Nolan movies tend to rake at the box office. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll get a ticket opening night. I'll be fine. Uh, I haven't seen Joker. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, I missed it in the, like, it, it's so hard for me to see movies in the middle of football season. It's uh, available for, like, rent at, on the home TV. I know. Now. Is it a movie so I can watch worth, at home? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, what do you mean watch at home? Like, am I missing anything? Like, I feel like I would miss no. out on something by not seeing 1917. Yeah, I get it. No, no, no. It's, yeah, you can watch that on your, it, like, home it, TV. It was, I loved it. I, I love Joker. I have nothing bad to say about that movie. I, I hear a lot of people dislike it. It I, was I, very polarizing, especially like way, in the media. The best, movie, the best movie Robert De Niro was in all year. <laughs> so you don't like The Irishman? I didn't love that movie. No, it was okay. I thought it was overindulgent, and uh, I have my criticisms of it. I do think Joe Pesci was fantastic. I also can't believe that uh, both Hopkins and uh, Jonathan Price got nominated for The Two Popes, which I saw and I, on Netflix and really liked. Love but it. I didn't. But at no moment did it occur to me that those guys are going to get nominated for Oscars for that movie. Like, I really liked the movie, but I didn't think that their acting jobs were, like, so overwhelmingly great that they'd get uh, Oscar noms. Well, you have to look at it the same way that Tony Hopkins, as Brad Pitt calls him, he's getting old. That This might be the last time to get him in the mix. And, the, like, the best supporting actor category is fucking exactly. stacked with names. Like, Tom Hanks is, like, the least likely to win. How is, uh, he, the, how, how is he the supporting character? I don't Isn't know, it maybe, about him as Mr. Rogers? Like, I know. It's about the guy who profiled him, actually. The Matthew okay, Reese character from so the I Americans. Because I haven't seen that movie. But Me I just I saw it. That's weird that... The guy playing Mr. Rogers in the Mr. Rogers movie is a supporting actor. I, I'm not going to lie to you. That movie kind of looks terrible. Yeah, I got but no interest. Really, yeah. But I it's do like, like the lead actor in that movie a lot. Because like I love the Americans. Killed in the third act of Julius Caesar. Like, but jo Jonathan Price, he, he's just writing those. Oh, what the hell is his name in Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, the, Sparrow. Uh, High Sparrow. The, High Sparrow, who is yeah. by far my favorite character on that. Yeah, he's just writing Game of Thrones vibes. He, and listen, he came out unscathed because he 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 got to die in the season that everyone loved. I felt like he embodied uh, Francis more than Benedict was embodied by Hopkins. If that makes sense, like I thought Price did a better job. I like. I thought they were both fantastic. It, it's hard to it, it's hard for me to kind of put bias aside and like what you've heard about movies. I try to know as little as possible about movies. Like I know the story of 1917, but like. We win. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's based on historical. You know, I don't know if it's like historical fact, but you know, it's it's World War One. You know what happens, kind of thing. You can figure that out pretty easily. Like Moneyball. Yeah. Like I didn't know anything about Parasite going into it, and I feel like yes. that really helped my experience with it. But just knowing, I don't know. I know the outline for Jojo Rabbit, but I know the vibe that it's going to have. That I'd be very hard pressed for me to watch Jojo Rabbit and be like, "This isn't my favorite movie." Of the it just seems perfectly geared for my sensibility. Having I not seen it, I but I agree. About, yeah, I felt the same way about 1917. Like that, that, that movie is geared to my sensibilities. People are upset Sandler got snubbed. I haven't seen that. I actually do really want to see it. Uncut Gems? Well, that, that seems like a movie I'll just really enjoy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a cult classic maybe, but not a highly acclaimed movie. 
It's gotten a lot of acclaim. That's fine. It's got a ton of it. Like, I want to see that. Like, the two that aren't nominated that I do really want to see are that and The Lighthouse. Because everyone just keeps describing The Lighthouse as David Lynchy to me. I'm, like, seen... I'm in on that. But what's this Knives Out about? It's a murder mystery. It's actually a, a, a unbelievable. I, got... I had such low expectations and, like, came out like, wow, floor. That was a great Is it movie. out? Or, like, is it? Do I have to go it's... to the theaters? I think it may be done at the theaters. I'm not. It's like a good version of the movie Clue, if that makes sense. The movie Clue is amazing, which they're yeah, actually well, not when you have to go to the theater multiple They're remaking times, it, aren't they? Ending. Yeah, they're they're remaking. I mean, if you just watch the online version, you can see all three endings. Well, that wasn't true in the early nineties. It, it didn't come out in the early nineties. It came out in like nineteen eighty five. I don't think that's true. Go, movie Clue with oh. our main man Michael McKean. And Tim Curry, one of and, the greatest actors of all time. You would put Tim Curry in the class of greatest actors of all time. He was no, the bad guy is, in Street Fighter. No, that's Raul Julia. No, it was obvious. Raul Julia played M. Bison in Street Fighter. Tim Curry is the butler in Home Alone 2, or the guy who works in the hotel in Home Alone 2. He's also the lead of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is on the wall behind you. Okay, yes. He's like the the prototypical movie villain. Like, if you were casting a movie in any time or any place... He's like a a kid's movie villain. No, I th- I don't think so. He played Pennywise in the original It. Uh, like he is like the I think the like prototypical uh, classic movie villain. That's have, my view. Ha- have we had enough fun trying to dispute Pat's memory of which year movies came out, Tim? Yeah, I mean you were right. Uh, I don't know what to say. In this instance, you were correct. I don't know. Martin Again. Martin Mole plays Colonel Mustard in that movie too. He certainly does. Talk about somebody who just stopped acting and things. I watched that movie not that like six months ago with my wife. It's fantastic. So the last thing I do, does it feel like Ford versus Ferrari was made for everyone's dad? I loved that movie. I went to go see it in theaters and thought it was just a great time. It, It does seem like a movie that everyone would kind of enjoy watching it, but was it good enough to be nominated for best picture? No, I didn't think so. But I mean, like I said, I didn't think that Knives Out would possibly miss. So my read on things, and I didn't think that the Two Popes was going to get much traction at all. Uh, so I, my blood's a little cold on this this year's picks. I haven't been as, as good, but. Uh, it, I'm going to watch Ford versus Ferrari on an airplane. Yeah, it, it like, seems that's like a exactly, real airplane I can movie. already guarantee where I will take that movie in in the next like half year, like, three months. Well, I have a, I mean, by the time the show comes out. I'll, I don't know I'll if it's already, I don't know if it's already, but maybe by the time we got to head to Florida in, in, in the end of February. Anyhow. Parasite's actually a minus 5,000 favorite to invest international feature. Well, if it's nominated for best picture picture yeah, it does not nice correlate direct, it's nice to see that their director he got nominated too it seems like he yeah there was well. no chance there was no chance he wasn't gonna get nominated good good to see uh but here's the category brad pitt joe pesci tom hanks al pacino anthony hopkins jeez and I brad brad pitt is a minus 800 favorite to win is the academy's so? never taken care of brad have they he's well, i believe he won a best picture oscar for, i think he produced argo I might no. be wrong. That. I don't that know was that. Ben Affleck. No, he yeah. directed Argo. Brad Pitt's uh, production company has been like ha- K- hands in on killing it, eh? Yeah, just for a lot of the stuff. Brad Pitt IMDb awards. Let's see. Here. He was in Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, he he did he did win Best Picture for Twelve Years a Slave, didn't he? Yeah, and but individual acting awards. No, he has never won. 
It feels like they'll give him this like they gave Clooney Siriana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but although I love Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's great. I haven't seen it. I gotta see it. Oh, yeah. Definitely gotta see it. That was the one movie all year that I took the time out of, like, we're getting a babysitter on Friday night. We're oh. going to see this movie. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you guys want to talk about the Astros very briefly? Yeah, sure. So everyone was fired? Is that what happened? What are the sanctions? No, they got suspended, and then the owner, like, I don't know, said, you're fired. You're fired. Uh, the owner, I guess, now they're fired. They got suspended for a year, the GM and the manager. And they got mm-hmm. fired. And then the owner subsequently, I guess, read the findings report and determined that it's in our best interest to fire them. And of note, we're recording this on a Monday. You're watching this or listening to this on a Thursday. So stuff could have changed. Yeah, stuff could have come out. Um, they lost first and second round picks Who for cares? a two-year period and $5 million yeah. bucks. I would we, say the we, draft we, picks we, are the biggest we, penalty in all of this, isn't it? I actually kind of agree in some sense. like Not being able to stock, stock up in the first and second round uh, really does hamstring you down the road. But what can we say? I mean, I, I did not, I didn't know what major league baseball would impose as a penalty, a $5 million fine as well, but I'm glad they went just about as hard as you can. You can't cheat. What they were doing wasn't like gray area stuff. It was borderline. It was sorry, blatant cheating. And the manager who's responsible for all the coaches has to take responsibility and has to go. The general manager who hired and oversees everything the institutional control that he's supposed to have, he had to go. The bench coach, Alex Cora, we'll see. I bet you a suspension does come down on him, and I would not be surprised if Boston lets him go too. I mean, people have to pay the price. You cannot have – I mean, think about the the next year that's coming. Every single stadium the Astros go into, the players and the coaches are going to be subject to, to incredibly harsh questions and comments from media and from fans every time because – People feel like they cheated to win the 2017 World Series. And doesn't this finding kind of suggest that they did? And that's a problem. Jeff. Their roster was so good that I don't feel like they ever, like I'll never not feel they were worthy of the World Series, if that makes sure, sense. But like if, if, if it's me and this is my team, I'm happy. They won the World Series. They got a World Series out of this. Cheat all you want. Listen, buddy. In, do you, do you in, think Patriots fans are mad at Bill Belichick? No. And do you think the Saints fired Sean Payton because he was suspended a year? So, no, we got a good fucking coach. We're going to pay the piper, but he's going to be our coach. Yeah. Like if, if so, like this penalty honestly doesn't seem all that bad. That's why the draft picks seem like the only problem. Because in baseball. But we just started looking through first round draft picks for no, like the past five years, and like it's the biggest crapshoot yeah, in the yeah, world. Sure. There's, there's at least 12 teams in the league that got zero major league service time out of back to back years of first and second round picks. It's baseball. That's like a commonality. That being said, I don't think losing a manager is a big deal because it's baseball. And now there's like a machine that tells you who's got to start. Yeah, and what your lineup five, should be. Now that five million bucks turn that into like fifty million bucks. Yeah. That's a real penalty. So that's why what the fuck is five million dollars. So as much as you can survive losing draft picks in baseball, and that team's already said that it's not like they're an old team. You just resign no, the people you have. No, but it, but I guess like there's a domino effect. It like will be harder to trade people to make the team better. Because but don't they already worried. have like one of the best farm systems still anyway? Yeah, probably. Purpose, yeah, purpose was just as much to make an example for other managers and general managers. Listen, Hinch and Lunau are never going to work in baseball again. And Wrong. the message Wrong. I, Wrong. I think the message is now sent. If you do these sorts of things, your professional career is over. And guys want to cover their backsides enough 
They do not want to get caught in a situation. People will be will, will be ensuring institutional control so this doesn't happen again. So the penalty against the Astros themselves, I think you're right, isn't quite as dire as it might have been, but the message has been sent that if you and you know it'll only get steeper now. The next time it'll be, it'll be even uh, worse. You could see this outright bans, stuff like that. So I'm, I don't think Lunau and Hinch, if they ever work again, will not work for a very, very long time. Uh, I think that's the message being sent here is straighten up and fly right or your career is over. All I can tell you is that if my team did this or was thinking about doing something like this, cheating in some sort of way that led to a World Series and this was the penalty, sign me up. You're 100% right. Tim is 100% wrong. The GM, uh, Lunau, he might be screwed because he's made no friends in baseball and he's conducted himself in a way that I've read for a couple years has turned everyone against this guy and almost pretty much turned everyone against the organization. To my understanding, every team in baseball can't stand him. No one stood up for him. Every organization called the commissioner's office to demand this guy get absolutely roasted. On the other hand, while the manager got the same suspension here, he will manage again. By all accounts, he's a good guy. Baseball guy. And he's a good man, and he will get a second chance to manage. I guarantee it. I'd worry the GM never gets a job. You think the Red Sox are cheating? Always. They were. They were. But again, I cheer for a loser team. Patriots won titles, Astros winning. Like, I don't know. Eddie Guerrero once won the WWE championship. Exactly. The Blue Jays had their man in white, did they not? Was that a real thing or not? I don't know. Probably I don't was, it was real. I don't think it was a real thing. Yeah, be better. Sorry. If you're going to cheat, at least be good at cheating. I'll put it this way. I don't think that was real, but I do believe the Jays were like trying to cheat just like everyone else. Did you imagine not trying to cheat? What if Rob Manfred ran the PGA Tour? I, I, I have no appetite for cheating. I hate it. I, I think Yeah, that's why it. you'd be a loser in all of this, and Pat would be out here cheating his ass off and winning. I, I would rather be able to sleep at night and not win if that's what it takes. Because Whatever. The refs cheat every game. You know what? Game. I can block out a lot of the noise, Tim, with the championship ring in my ear. <laughs> Fair enough. But this is, you know, but there, there are gray areas of cheating, and then there's outright cheating. Like yeah, when, do you know what's gray area cheating? Bill asked, asked for relief from that water spout in Mexico because he it was obstructing his swing. That is gray area, but probably not cheating. When you have surveillance set up to sit, relay messages to the dugout to bang a uh, garbage can so that they can tell exactly what signals, what pitch is being thrown, that is straight up cheating. Uh, and it's not acceptable. If the fans lose confidence in the legitimacy of the sport, the sport will suffer dearly for it. And so I, I think as a, if you're a commissioner, you can have no time. And if you're an owner who's just as so much you own your team, you're a guardian of the league and a custodian of the league. You, you can't allow these things to have good on Jim Crane for, for sending everybody packing. Uh, and you know, if I were him, I'd send, if I found players who were involved, I'd send them packing. Too. All the players are clearly involved you, without <laughs> the players knowing, then there would be no cheating. It depends to the degree to which they were. They involved. knew. Oh, we knew oh, when we hear tap, tap, that's when the breaker's coming. Yeah. You'd have to fucking know that part. Then my team captains, whoever they were, they have to go. I don't care oh, who they, they are. They have I, I haven't looked at Twitter at all during this, but I assume it's just a monumental wave 
of up on Mount Pius old timey baseball writers who fucking sound like Tim right now. Strip them of the title. Kick them out of the league. I can't believe it's going back in my day. It didn't happen like this. Well, I think they should be tarnished the way that the White Sox players were tarnished in the scandals, right? In some ways. The Black Sox players? The Black Sox players, right? Were were tarnished. And like Shoeless Joe, like never got to be in baseball again because he was involved in cheating. If you think that's going to happen, you're fucking nuts. You've lost it if you think that's going to happen. I don't know. Do you hate Sean Payton? He didn't. He should have known better, but he was not the one involved in the actual bounty, right? Like they found he didn't know what was going on, but he should have known what was going on. Right? Like like he was suspended for lack of... I think this was a scapegoat for the organization and they wanted a clean house anyway. Maybe not so much the manager, but that shit with the assistant GM or something at the in the playoffs. There are a lot of bad apples there that had turned baseball almost... They were once like the darling of what was happening and they got turned on pretty fast. Yeah, they, they turned <laughs> to the Razor Ramones of baseball. Well, if you knock, as you mentioned earlier, Jeff, if you punch people all the way up the ladder, they will be waiting to punch you when you come back down the ladder, right? And that's, yeah. If you're you're gracious as you ascend, people will remember that. And and when you do eventually descend, people will treat you with grace on the way down. And that's why I think the manager is going to get a soft landing somewhere at some point. Also, most winners, especially in sports, not gracious. It's part of of being a winner is kind of being an asshole and sticking it to everyone. I don't think that's Who's the last gracious winner you can remember in anything? I can think of a ton of gracious winners. Okay, one. I mean, look at just professional golf right now. Look at some of the winners you've got. Tiger Woods, not a gracious winner, by the way. No, Tiger wasn't. I would would agree with one of the reasons that Tiger, the media despised Tiger Woods, even when Tiger was at his apex. Uh, Tiger got more negative stories written about him than anyone ever would have for a player of, of his stature who's transforming the game. Phil Mickelson, known asshole. I'm just trying to think of the very best players. You want to know who's the nicest one? It's LeBron. probably Rory. I was going to say, uh, I'm talking about I would just say in sports, like LeBron is probably the closest you're going to get to like. LeBron a, is a very graceful winner. Like, remember, like. You know who isn't? Michael Jordan. No, he wasn't. But, you know. You, Kobe, not a graceful winner. Roger Federer. Roger Federer is perhaps the greatest tennis player to ever live. The man embodies grace. Do we know anything actually about Roger Federer, though? <laughs> Do we? We know that at least he is not a in, an outward disposition, a jerk to. You know, he's married. That, he's with the same girl. Yeah, but it seems like his life is very private. Like everyone actually, like the media took shots at Tiger and everything, but by all accounts, he was the greatest dude in the world. Yeah, until he wasn't. Roger, until yeah. we found out. One bit of his okay, personal. fine. But if, I, listen, if there were threads on Federer, they'd be looking to pull and bring down that mountain of glory. Sure, too. okay. Djokovic also very awesome. Seems like Jer- Derek Jeter, I think, was a, a very classy winner. Yeah, I mean, d- d- Derek like- Jeter. The, I mean, he's so classy. He had gift baskets for everyone who left his apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I think he was he was not a braggadocious one. Even you know like Justin mean? Thomas, you want to say like look at his like smarmy little like Instagram after the President's Cup. Uh, or, like, mm-hmm. I used to like Spieth until he did that nonsense at the Travelers, and I was tur- t- turned off him for life with that nonsense jump- jumping around in the sand trap. 
See, that's allowed. To me, it's like no, when he yells at Greller that. on TV. Uh, I don't care. So, so, so he doesn't get to be excited for chipping in in a playoff? For winning a million and winning, dollars? For winning the tournament? <laughs> Being excited and acting. I, I that, was, I, that was like the best. That's one of my favorite yeah. Spieth moments. Yeah. Like that's, that's a genuine Free moment pa- yeah, of excitement. The first thing I thought was I did not care for that type of behavior. And I thought one of the veterans should have, would have taken him aside and said, we know you're excited you won, but that's not how one comports himself. Tim just doesn't seem like a lot of fun. You think Ben Hogan would have done that? What do you know about Ben Hogan? Honestly. Sam Snead would have done that. What do you know about Sam Snead? <laughs> Nothing. They were known to be pretty much class actors. Well, yeah, because there wasn't Because they're 900. It's been like 90 years. And also, no one fucking knows anything and guess what? Every them. time they went out on Friday, someone didn't have a camera. Everyone in the restaurant, there were 300 cameras in the restaurant. If I had to guess, I would bet you, probably real racist. Oh, old, sure. Old-timey <laughs> rich white guys from, like, the 40s who played golf? No. Oh, right. sure. Probably I, fantastic they, fellas. They probably had very terrible views. No one's saying that make them great people. I'm just talking about how you comport yourself. But, but, but you, you don't clue. know anything about them in that era whatsoever, besides they, the fact that you could look on Wikipedia and saw they won a bunch of tournaments. No, there were people who would have followed. Like someone like Grant LaRice would have been following them around to write stories. Like what if, if he was... Okay, so you have one guy who's following them around. What if he's friends with them? I'm just saying, you get a sense of whether people were... No, you don't. You have one person's opinion of what that sense was. If they were, if, if they liked those people, then all of a sudden, entire history is skewed by one person. It'd be like, it'd be like if Jeff walked around at all times and I was his personal biographer and we were friends. No matter what he did, I'd write good things about him. No, it's cool. like um, a lot of the Oakland media can't understand Mike Mayock hasn't had one postseason conversation with them. But Rich Eisen did a report on his podcast saying everything's fine there, Mayock's happy. Oh, his buddy from, like, the other job who now works in, who's, like, top in media circles says everything's good there? Must be fine. Doesn't work like that. It's all pay for play. And it probably was more then, when access no, was even harder. No, even, the, even that access was not only harder, it's a lot like the Canadian hockey media right now, where if something would make the sport look bad or make a star of a sport look bad, you just look the other way and pretend it didn't happen. Until that person gets fired and then you unleash all of the data. No, but, no back, back then, journalists actually had like real integrity. They wouldn't just throw that out there into the ether. That's, that's fair. It was a different era. Anyway. We're playing for clicks, Pat. Yeah, no clicks back in the they day. They had to get the story to the copy editor. Uh, we missed out on some things here. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, I witnessed a, I sat next to a couple breaking oh, up at the bar I on love the weekend. That. So I I'll get that. to that story in the future. Tim in his hotel journey, we'll get to that in the future. Cause we have a week without football to kill. But Tim, did you know that Trogdor has been burninating the countryside for 17 years now? Trogdor! <laughs> this week, the release. People know that. I mean, people don't, but... If they know Homestar Runner, if, if, they know yeah, if, Yes, if they know Homestar Runner, that they know Trogdor. Most people just don't know Homestar Runner. Mm-hmm. However, if you are similar ages to Tim and myself, and you have the same sort of interests as us, you probably do know about Homestar Runner if you've watched this show. If that's the case, Trogdor turns 17 this week, which makes me feel super fucking old. Okay. It's depressing, actually. Yeah. It's all right, Jeff. I don't know what they're talking about either. You don't know about Homestar Runner and Trogdor? And what's the, what's the shading technique again? Uh, Kurosawa shading. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you shading. <laughs> oh, I think she's looking pretty good there. 
Uh, oh that is like a cultural staple. No, it's not. It's something that we were really into. It's Tim. like the log roller vignette for Canadians. Tim, must be an East Coast thing. Dude, I have no clue. I've never seen this Literally guy no in clue. my life. Drogdor? Literally have no idea what you guys are talking about. Homestar. Homestar water? No, nothing. Just because I know something and you know something doesn't mean every person in the world knows what it is. But Homestar Runner was huge. It was an internet cartoon in 2003. How how huge do you think it was? That you and your roommates liked. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. It, listen, it has. It a, didn't make its way to Western, the University of Western. I don't. I don't know. Those were my year. I, I don't know. Listen, I watched a lot of funny shit on the internet too. For, for an internet cartoon in the early two thousands, it was incredibly popular. But there was no YouTube at the time, Tim. No, it was just e bombs world. No, you had to go to HomestarRunner.net in yeah, order to I see know, it. I, I know you did, and it was great. I agree. It, it was great. I can't imagine that people are walking around not knowing about Teen Girl Squad or Sonora Card Gauge Mort Gauge. There are the, the people who know love it, but most people don't know. I mean, I would imagine people who aren't of the right age group don't know, but if you're of the right age group, I... I what what, the, what you have twisted in your mind of what you think is popular and what's not is just astonishing. I'm, I, I'm astonished that people who are you know in their early to mid-40s don't know about Homestar Runner. See, I'm not that old, but did I also early to mid forties. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he did early to mid thirties. Should should know about Homestar Runner. I've, and I'm very. I'm gonna say I pride myself on not like liking everything, but very much in the know of what was in. Put it this way: Homestar Runner was less popular than like Lonely Island before they were on SNL, who in turn weren't all that popular. They were huge once they got on SNL. Once they got on SNL. But for everyone who saw them beforehand, they were big, but they weren't like big, big. They were big amongst people who watched like weird internet videos. Which was I, I not would... which was not everyone in 2003. No, I, I, I would agree with that. Point. Like when Homestar Runner came out, I had dial-up internet. Here is my Wazoom. <laughs> Go and watch it, by the way, if you're out there. Anyway, I want to thank Jeff Feinberg for being in studio. Follow him on Twitter, gfeinberg17, of course. Paul Shag from behind the camera. He will be breaking down Conor McGregor versus somebody who fucking knows on the ufc card that is coming Cowboys out yesterday so you can go watch it right now him and cody they got the goods breaking down the entire card who is it donald cowboy cerrone how many guys are nicknamed cowboy in the ufc two there's uh charles or uh, sorry uh, alex cowboy Oliveira, and then there's cowboy cerrone and they, they fought each other. I thought they were going to fight for the name Cowboy. Yeah, they should. Like, how is that not a thing? They have to fight to see who has the name. Yeah. Well, Cowboy Cerrone beat Cowboy Oliveira, but they both kept the name. All right. So Cerrone McGregor. If it's a McGregor card, even this show gets pushed because that's a real big deal. People will tune into that one. I might even pay for the fight. Who knows? Anyway, I'd also like to thank the coin for being here. So sorry. The hot fire picks are over for the coin after one week. And of course, Tim Andacust. Tim Andacust. <laughs> That is not my name. No, it is your name. Well, this turned out to be like the longest show of the year. Crazy. Guess we should get out of here. Uh, if you want to get into a draw for 100 DK bucks, subscribe to the audio podcast. Leave a five-star review. DraftKings handle something you enjoy about this show. If you want to get into the draw for 20 DK bucks, you can get in both, by the way. 
Smash the like for the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your Super Bowl matchup and the spread in that game. Winners announced on Monday show where we talk about golf. And if you want to know more about golf than Tim does and you actually want to bet on it, fantasynational.com slash PME. Get yourself 20% off and that'll do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow on the DraftKings YouTube channel and my podcast breaking down the DraftKings side of the AFC and NFC Championship. That'll do it. I'm Pat Mayo. We'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!